Welcome to Native Exiles, Alderwood Community Church's podcast, where we talk about following Jesus in the tension of being in the world, but not of it. And this is the final episode of our summer series on prayer, which has been a partnership with Purposely Equipped. And uh, it's been such a great series. And I hope that it's been an encouragement to you as you've been seeking to grow in your life of prayer and your habits of spending time talking with God. And we're going to wrap up the series with a really important question, which is, uh, what do we do when prayers feel unanswered? When we desperately want something, we've been asking God for something, and it just feels like uh, we haven't heard from Him, we haven't gotten what we've been asking for, it seems like God has been completely distant. What what do we do in those moments? How do we think through that? And that's an experience that everybody who's been following Jesus for a long time is going to experience at some point. It can be so discouraging, but it doesn't have to be uh, something that derails you, and so we hope to leave you some hope on that as we close this series. Let's begin. Well, Steve, here we are, episode number five of this series on prayer, and uh, it's it's been good. We talked about what prayer is, why we pray, how we pray, praying when it's hard, and we're going to wrap up the series today with a conversation on what about when prayers feel unanswered? What about when we ask God for something <laughs> and just get nothing back, or at least that's how it feels? Has that ever happened to you? Yeah, yeah, it has. Honestly, to tell the story well, like I got to give you the the beginning of the story, which you know, my wife and I served in Taiwan as missionaries in two thousand for four years, and getting there was incredible. It came out of this amazing answer to prayer. We had a season where we just felt like God was stirring us to go somewhere. We decided to spend a week each praying separately. In the middle of that, I get this surprising invitation to come over and teach high school Bible in Taiwan at the missionary school I'd grown up in. It was totally God. It just felt so amazing to know this is God, you know. Four years later, we're coming back. And, you know, biggest thing on my mind is I've got to support my family. I've got a mortgage again. So I've been able to land a job before I leave teaching at a local Christian school. I'm really excited. feels like, wow, God's answering prayers again. Two weeks before we return, the school says, by the way, we've actually had an internal candidate that's going to get the job instead of you. Those notorious internal candidates. Those, they will get you every time. So it might have had something to do with the fact I was 8,000 miles away. So, you know, we come back. I don't have a job waiting for me. And I honestly feel like God gut punched me. Yeah. I'm like this, not only emotionally did you crush me here, how am I going to take care of my family? And this was, this in your mind was a done deal. This yes. job, like it was yours. The paperwork was supposed to be coming next week. It's your job. We're so happy to have you. And suddenly the rugs pulled out yeah. and you know, for three years I, I had to hunt for jobs that whole summer. I finally ended up at a job I really didn't like for three years. And you know, I can look back at it now almost 20 years later and go, man, God taught me a ton through those three years. It was good for me, the pastor, to not be working as a pastor to see how the other half lives, so to speak. But man, that was hard. And you were working in a field that you didn't really care about, ITT Tech, I think is the... We're allowed to to talk about their name. Since they're now closed. (laughs) Yeah. Since the government shut them down. So... (laughs) I don't think they can see. I had nothing to do with that closure, point. by the way. But so, you know, those three years you're working in that uh, for ITT Tech, and that time, are you are you praying? Are you asking God to open up a different door? I am, to- and it's a desert. You yeah. know, I'm like nothing's opening up. I try a couple doors, each one gets slammed in my face, and for probably the last year and a half of that, I'm mostly praying, God, why are you doing this to me? Yeah, I kept praying. I'm glad I kept praying, and there were some up times, but man, that was one of the darkest 
toughest desert times in my prayer life. Yeah. Well, man, I think so many people are going to resonate with that. I mean, I think all of us, if, if we do sincerely pray and ask God for things, have times in our life when it seems like there's no answer. It seems like the answer is no. Uh, so how, what do we do in those seasons? I mean, when you're in a season of praying and not getting any answer back, uh, how, how should we process that as a follower of Jesus? How should we think about what's really happening there in our, in our relationship with God? You know, I think one of the things it showed me was I would have said at the time that my prayer life and my walk with Jesus is primarily about loving him first and seeking him and letting him add the rest. But the truth was I had put conditions and expectations on him and he needed to reveal that in my life. Yeah. You know, so that was a big part of it for me, just recognizing, okay, he does have a purpose in this. He's working this together for good. Unfortunately, that's to show me that I have a lot of brokenness still left in me, but that's merciful. Yeah. I mean, you know, we've been using this, uh, the Lord's prayer from the Sermon on the Mount as kind of our guide in this series. And, you know, we pointed out earlier in the series, how the ordering of the prayer is super important. It starts with God. It starts with honoring God. It starts with asking that God's will be done. And then it moves into us asking for things. And, you know, we were talking about how we need to make sure we understand that prayer isn't just about this kind of cosmic, uh, vending machine. The transaction. Yeah, you just get things from God. You ask him for things. He gives it to you. That, that it is primarily a relationship. That prayer is about knowing God, uh, experiencing intimacy with him, asking for things is a part of that, but it's mostly about relationship. And I think what I love about what you're pointing out is it's really easy to say that, <laughs> but I think in some ways we really get our motives revealed to us when we ask God for something that he doesn't give us. Uh, you know, that is when your response can teach you a lot about what your expectations really were. Because if your response is, I'm disappointed, but God, I love you. I trust you. I'm going to look for what you actually want. It's clearly not what I want, but I, I want to see what that is. Your will be done. That's awesome. Your response is, well, God, why am I even wasting my time with you? I mean, why am I spending so much time asking for this? You're not even going to do it. What's the point? I should be on Indeed right now looking for for a new job. That might be revealing to you that your motives haven't been quite (laughs) as pure as maybe you thought they were. And I love what you just said about the order in in the Lord's Prayer. I just, you know, we've gone back to it so much. And I've grown so much just reading it and thinking about it as we've been working through this study. But um, I think about Jesus... In Luke, there's actually a slightly different rendition of the Lord's Prayer, and he follows it up with something that's so relevant, because the order, as you pointed out, starts with Father. This is someone we can trust, and Jesus says, which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Mm-hmm. And honestly, I was like, Lord, I don't really want the Holy Spirit right now. I want a new job. Mm-hmm. And the Lord's more interested in giving us more of himself than always giving us what we think or feel we yeah. need. Yeah, I think that's huge because, you know, this question, um, uh, what do I do when prayers feel unanswered? I think it's important that we recognize that it is a feeling. It is a feeling that they're unanswered. God is responding to your prayer. Like there isn't, um, well, I, I should say, if you are seeking him with a pure heart, if you are actually uh, honoring him, uh, you know, when, when, when the scriptures say that God 
isn't listening or isn't responding. It's to the often kind of legalistic, self-righteous right. um, prayers there for show. So he's not, he, he may very well not be answering those prayers, but if you're honestly seeking God as his child, um, he's not just like, he's not playing the silent game with you. He's not, he's not ignoring you. So the question becomes, how is he answering my prayer? He, he is answering my prayer. Right. How is he answering my prayer? And maybe it's not, yes, maybe that's not the answer. He's not doing what I'm want, what I'm wanting to do, but can I look for his response in an unexpected way? Maybe his answer is no, because he has something different for us. Maybe his answer is wait. Maybe his yep. answer is, you know, you want something right now that's actually not good for you. And so I'm, I'm going to work to help you want better things for yourself. Uh, you know, I, I know plenty of high school students as I've done ministry and student ministries have been praying real hard for God to bring, you know, a girlfriend or a boyfriend <laughs> and it's just not a good idea. And I think God knows not that. right now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I think God's very graciously saying like, Hey, let's, let's work on your heart to maybe desire some higher level things for your life before you're ready to be in a relationship like that. Um, so God is answering. It takes skill though. Uh, skills may not the right word. It takes intentionality. It, it is kind of an art to look for answered prayer. And there's some ways of building some habits into your life that I think can make you a little bit better at that. Um, you know, I'm thinking of uh, journaling in particular that can yeah. be really helpful. See, I know that's been something that has been important in your life. You want to talk about that a little bit? One of the biggest things that journaling does for me is it helps me look back on my life and remember the times God did answer my prayer. Like what's kind of appalling, actually, it's quite humbling, is to go back and when God answers our prayers, so often we take it as a matter of course. Oh, well, of course he's going to answer my prayers. I mean, mm -hmm. he always should. And, you know, and he does. And, oh, oh, nice little thing to write in my journal. Well, then when he isn't, I, I go back and I'm like, well, first of all, why wasn't I more grateful these first 20 times he answered my prayers. So, so there's that aspect of it. And then there's the discipline of just learning to look for things to be grateful for, even while you're going through the hard times. That's probably, journaling has helped me the most with gratitude. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's huge. I mean, um, to go back and to refresh your memory of what God has done, uh, for me, what that does is, it just kind of re-motivates me. It reinvigorates me in whatever situation I'm in right now to go, okay, God's going to do something here. I don't know what it is. It might not be anything close to what I want him to do, but he's, he is going to do something. I want to, I want to see what that is. I want to look for it. That is so God honoring. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. We don't, I, I think in some ways the yes, no wait model is, is so important, even though it just seems a little overly simplistic. And I think it's really the only three options. And the one that's hardest, at least for me is the wait. I'd almost rather have the no. The funny thing is, you know, during those three years when I was working for ITT Tech, one of the most helpful things that happened to me was a friend of mine, a really godly person who, by the way, having godly friends is also another really helpful thing when you're going through these dark times. He said, first of all, Steve, is your family fed right now? Are you paying the mortgage? Do you have what you need to survive? I said, yeah. He said, so basically quit your whining. Yeah. But he said, I know you want to be somewhere else. He said, have you ever thought that just like God took the children across, you know, the desert of Sinai and provided bread for them, this is a manna job for you? Mm -hmm. And God just wants you to see that he's going to be faithful even in the hard times. And maybe he has something far better for you on the other side of that. You know what the thing was on the other side of that, Wyatt? Me working at Alderwood Community Church, yeah. which has been one of the greatest experiences of my life. And I mean, I didn't want to wait. There was a point 
toward the end of those three years where kind of to my shame, I was really starting to get angry at God. And then suddenly I have a job offer from Alderwood. And one of my first responses besides utter gratitude and wow, God, you did show up was a bit of shame because I realized it was like God said to me, if I had told you at the beginning of these three years, you just have to get through three years and then I'm gonna have this great job waiting for you. Would you have stopped your whining and kicking and pouting? And of course I would have. Yeah. I think he wants us to trust him enough to stop our whining and kicking and complaining, even when he doesn't explain everything up front. Yeah, that's huge. You know, and I think, um, I, so I think there really are some big things around perspective. I think the question of, you know, is your family fed? Do you have a place to live? is actually a really good one. I think, you know, sometimes we, we get so hung up on one thing that we desperately want that it's easy to forget the big picture. Um, but I also want to, to acknowledge the difficulty of a season like that. So yeah. I, I don't want us to come across as sounding like quit your whining, just stop, right. like be grateful. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, there's real, there's real wisdom in that, but at the same time, it, it can be incredibly discouraging and, uh, frustrating and disheartening to feel like you're in a bad situation. You're longing to get out of it. You're asking how to get out of it. He hasn't taken you out of it yet. And that is where I would speak to somebody and say, Bring that to God. I mean, like process your disappointment in prayer. Tell God how mad you are that he hasn't answered that prayer. Tell him how frustrated you are. Uh, try to do that with some sense of perspective that he's God and you're not and yeah. some sense of hope. But I don't think you have to hide your real, raw, emotional state from God. That's part of the relationship that he wants to have with you. He wants to hear from your heart. And that goes back to the journal for me. For some reason, it's easier for me to put that down in words because that's the other thing I have looking back at some of my journals. You know, just I won't call it raging. He is God and I trust him. But man, some pretty raw emotion. And again, the Psalms give us a template, a model, a map for that. God's not scared off by our strong emotions. Yeah. Yeah. Well, see, we're going to bring this whole series to a close here. And, you know, for people who have hung with us now for five episodes on prayer. God bless them. And, uh, you know, maybe they are thinking about what's next for them and their, and their prayer life and their spiritual growth. Uh, what are some things that you would want to leave people with as we wrap this series up? If there was any one thing out of everything we've talked about so far that I really would like to urge people to do, especially in this day and age when we've already talked about all the distractions, is to just carve out sometime when you can take Jesus' words seriously, get alone by yourself without people, without distractions, and pour your heart out to God. Yeah. I, I, I don't think I read it earlier. I had this psalm written down. It's Psalm 62, 8, trust in the Lord at all times, pour out your hearts to him for God is our refuge. Mm. And just, just take time to just pour it out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, take some action, you know. Uh, it's, it's one thing to want a better prayer life or to want to pray more, but uh, take some concrete step. And so maybe that is blocking out an hour of your day, um, you know, telling your family, hey, I'm going to be an hour late home from work on Tuesday and because I'm going to be by myself praying before I get home, and hopefully your spouse will be understanding about that or even if you have one. <laughs> uh, do whatever it takes to to make a change. I think one of the, you think about spiritual disciplines and prayer in particular, uh, there's kind of a turn of phrase that I find to be really helpful. It's actually kind of a business idea, but 
your habits, your life is constructed perfectly right now to produce the results that it's producing. So if you feel like you're not satisfied with your prayer life, uh, it's been inconsistent, it hasn't been fruitful, um, well, how you've built your life right now, how you've constructed your habits and how you spend your time and what you are doing with your week and all that, it is perfectly designed to produce Mm. what you're experiencing. So if you want to experience something different, it's going to mean doing something different in the yeah. habits of your life. And so what is that going to be? Um, you know, kind of a novel thing. I, I might really encourage somebody in this next step for them um, to invite somebody along w- with you on this journey, to tell a brother or sister That's in Christ, so good. hey, I, I really want to grow in this next season in my prayer life. Would you pray for me in that? Would you pray with me in that? Would you ask me how it's going and keep me accountable? Here's what I'm going to do. My plan is every Saturday at 9 a.m., I'm going to shut myself in a room by myself and turn my phone off and spend an hour with God. Uh, would you pray for that time? Would you ask me how it went? Because I'm going to need some help uh, holding myself accountable. And you know, maybe that even is is doing that with somebody else. You know, maybe if you, if you are married, if you, if you live with somebody to say, Hey, I'm, I'm going to be doing this. Do you want to do this with me? Do you want, you know, on Tuesday evenings at seven, do you want to just sit down together at the table and open up our Bibles and spend some time in prayer? Um, I think, you know, some, some using the church, using the community. Yeah. Would be really helpful I'm so that. glad you said that because there's almost a tension in the Lord's prayer, you know, that we've looked at. There is the Jesus saying, go to a place alone by yourself, but there's the our father too. Mm-hmm. And, one of the things that that you just said kind of sparked a thought for me, which is some of the best times are when I can just share with somebody something God showed me in my prayer time. Mm-hmm. Like that's just so vibrant to tell my kids, you know, I was just reading this morning in God's word, spent some time in prayer and I realized this or God showed me that or God reminded me he'd answered this prayer I had last week. That's so invigorating for our faith, for our kids' faith, for our spouse, our yeah. coworkers. Yeah. 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 I love that. I mean... Uh, so I want to end with one more thing. This might sound a little bit crazy, uh, but the other thing I encourage somebody to do, if, if you need a change, if, if you need some spiritual growth, this vitality that you haven't seen lately and your prayer life hasn't been there and you really, you want it to be different than it's been, I want to encourage you, don't be afraid to do something radical. Like, I, you know, it may not be that you need a small little tweak. It, it may not be that you need, you know, just to carve out 20 minutes. Like, you might need some serious life change and do something that other people might see as being really weird. Uh, you know, I, I've done a number of things in my life to try to in, increase my prayer life. I, I spent uh, nine months uh, never taking my cell phone out of the house. Uh, I, I had a, uh, an Apple watch that could take calls and send text messages, but literally for nine months, my, my phone stayed on the dresser. And the reason was because I identified my cell phone as the biggest detriment to my prayer life. That anytime I was anywhere, I was pulling my phone out of my pocket and I was reading the news or I was, you know, checking email or whatever. And I was like, okay, like I'm just going to, it felt like cutting off my hand. Like you kind of detoxed, about, you know? didn't it was you? It's a detox thing. Yeah, absolutely. And it wasn't like that was a perfect switch that gave me an amazing prayer life, but it made a significant difference. Like I had to get used to being alone with my thoughts, to not have anything to distract myself with. Like that, that could be a really good thing. Um, you know, maybe that radical step is keeping your phone, but you know, putting screen time limits on your phone, even the password to somebody else so that you're disabling all the things that are distracting you from prayer. Um, you know, maybe it's committing that you're going to fast from podcasts for a month and you're not going to listen to music or podcasts in the car or doing chores or doing whatever. Cause you just want to free yourself up. Um, man, go, go big. It's worth it. I mean, that's the thing is like it, the, 
the treasure on the other side of a deeper level of intimacy with Jesus is worth the pain of doing something crazy. Cancel your Netflix account. I mean, go, go big. Let's <laughs> not go that far wide. Come on, you're getting crazy. But, and, and you know, I, I don't know what it might be for you, but uh, it is worth taking the big swing at this to experience the next level of, of relationship with God that Jesus has for you. We're going to walk into eternity one day. You know, you always hear people talk about that advice they give from their deathbed. You know, when you, when you get to the end of your life, all the effort and accolades that went with your job and everything you've accrued isn't going to matter like family and those, you know, precious love relationships. But when we're going to actually walk into eternity and spend eternity with that person we've grown to love in this life, yeah. that changes everything. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I just want to thank everybody for listening. It's been fun. I've enjoyed the conversation. And uh, yeah, our, our prayer for you, if you're hearing this, is that you would really experience Jesus in a new way, that you experience a prayer life that is life-giving, that, uh, that God uses to grow you as his child and to grow your trust and your love of him. And uh, we really want that for you. So thanks for being a part of this with us. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. Wyatt and I have really enjoyed our partnership with our friends at Purposely Equipped talking about prayer. Purposely Equipped is a podcast that is part of Purposely, a podcast network focused on helping you find and live in God's purpose for your life. If you'd like to find out more about Purposely, you can check out onpurposely.com. We really hope this has encouraged you in your walk with Jesus. And White and I are really excited about our next season of Native Exiles launches this fall. Please continue to subscribe, and we will look forward to seeing you then.